wild times. Woo! Here we go. Wild times, episode number 127. 127 fantastic Brutal weeks with you. Hard, hard years. Hard years. has lived. Uh, I am your host, Forrest Galante, the broologist, cracking my delightful fat tire here, keeping it nice and cool into my cozy because it is hot nice. outside. And uh, joining me is the effervescent, the lovely lit Patrick DeLuca, the Spiceman, the producer, mm. who's quite sick by the sounds of things. How are you, sir? Great, minus that. But, uh, you know, <laughs> it's. It's what everyone has always told me is like, get your kid in preschool. You're just going to be sick for a year. Yeah. And it's been true. It's been true Correct. for the first two months. So uh, yep. yeah. Enjoy. Hellish. Enjoy that. Yeah. And that'll be great yeah. when the second one comes around and then the baby's sick too. And yes. uh, in addition to Papa P himself, we have the PhD in podcasting, the professional. No, what are you? Professional? What are you? Professor. Professor, that's what it is. Weird. I just had a brain fart. The professor. Okay. What's up, Peter? How are you? I'm a little disappointed. I didn't get a compliment or adjective like. Oh shit! I meant to do that too. Effervescent. I meant, I, is, is I meant to come one. up with some funny words for you too, and I forgot. Oh, sorry. Well, Peter's okay. very lovely. Peter's lovely. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. I'm I'm doing well. I'm drinking uh, my irrit taff or fat tire. If you read backwards, it's uh, hot. You've got a koozie it today. It's hot out. <clears throat> It's super yeah. hot. I mean, I'm going to koozie it every day. Uh, excited to be here. Happy. Um, Pat, I, I love your hair. It's great. I, I think you look very effervescent. And, uh, Thank you so much. Yeah. Happy to be here. <laughs> All right. Well, there's lots of good stuff going on. I got really excited when I read producer Edwin's show doc. Can I get into something I'm very excited about? Can I get right into, into a little segment we call What's in the News? Yeah, baby. Yeah! Please do. <laughs> All right, what's in the news? This one went viral all over the place uh, when it came out just about a week ago. For the first time since 1972, a rare spotless giraffe was seen. But, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, born on July 31st, this was not in the Serengeti. This was not somewhere in the middle of Africa. This was in Tennessee. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know that drafts were native to Tennessee. They're not, but at the uh, Wright Zoo in Limestone, Tennessee, on July 31st, a baby giraffe was born, an incredibly rare, uh, like one in a million. This was a spotless baby giraffe. The last one was recorded in 1972, also in a zoo in Tokyo. And uh, it's just an incredibly unique and interesting thing to see. Now, what's funny is, if giraffes didn't regularly have spots, you'd be like, oh, that's a pretty bland animal. And if one was born with spots, you'd be like, wow, yeah. that's incredible. But now it just For looks sure. like now it just looks like a weird camel. But anyway. Uh, well, so I, I have a quick question. I, yeah. I feel like I recall learning about something. They used giraffes as a genetic example of something when I was in grade school. Oh, it wasn't. Was it the spots? What's what's up with the now the spots? Do they give them some type of uh, advantage or what's up with the spots on a giraffe? Look at that adorable thing. Um, it's Very camouflage. Cute. Just like everything okay. in Africa, it's, it's built in camouflage. I mean, I'm not sure. I don't know what you're referring to that you. I think about. it's the neck. The neck is what I'm referring to. I just remembered. Well, you know, what's they're, interesting they're, about the neck. What? They have the same number of vertebrae that we do. Just really long. Vertebrae. Yeah, just big. 
Isn't that interesting? That's wild. Um, but anyway, yeah, this beautiful spotless giraffe was born. I thought it was really cool. It's an absolute anomaly to see one like this. Um, there was an interesting thing in 2020. I don't know if you guys remember when this came out. It was right before we started. I don't think we ever talked about it in the wild times, but there was an old white giraffe that was spotted in Kenya. So you get these like genetic anomalies, you know, with uh, what do you call it? It's like melanism and albinism and leucism and all of that, where these giraffes look really, really different. But there's a, I don't know if Kyle can find the pic. There's an incredible rare white one um, that, uh, that it, was around in a in zoo? 2020. No, no, no this was in, in Africa. Um, in uh, okay. So that was pretty, pretty cool. And then there's this one with the spotless. I don't know. I just like all these different uh, giraffes. So it's they, always, say the, yeah. they say the dark spots um, also are part of their cooling mechanism. That, oh. that those dark spots have uh, like a really dense concentration of blood vessels. And uh, mm. so that somehow allows them to cool themselves off. So do you think, hmm. do you think this fully Brown one is just going to be like shivering? <laughs> Good question. Um, wait to cool themselves. Right. So you're saying without the white, so the whole body would be covered in that cooling thing. Yeah. Well, Blood I think vessels. he lives in Tennessee, right? Um, gets pretty <laughs> toasty there. Um, I don't know. That's interesting. I didn't know about that. Um, but the it's white a cool, one, beautiful. The white one that Kyle just brought up is is like extra cool. Did you guys uh, see that one? Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, it's amazing. So that I one's going to be very hot. Just the yep. white one. Apparently, when did that which you think would be the it should be the opposite, right? Because you know, right. like black attracts heat. Like if you're wearing a dark T-shirt outside, it's miserable. You wear a white yeah. shirt and you're like, yeah, I don't even feel the sun. You'd think a white giraffe would feel a lot cooler than a darker colored browner giraffe, but I guess not. Do you think the other giraffes like kind of shun the spotless Definitely. giraffes? Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't think a in a zoo, bringing. I don't think in a zoo setting, because in a zoo setting, there's like no alternative. But in the wild, yeah. that sort of survival of the fittest would kick in and, you know, Anything that's an anomaly stands out. I think when November 2020, when the white giraffe thing uh, came up, everybody thought he was going to die immediately. In fact, Kyle, you might be able to find this. They first spotted the white giraffe as a baby, probably probably six months or so before that, in the Masai Mara. And they're like, oh, this giraffe will never make it to adulthood because he's bright white. Every lion in the Serengeti is going to see him. You know, he'll be he'll be picked off in no time. And then six months later, some tourists were on safari and there was a 14 foot tall white giraffe. And they're like, oh, wait a minute. And he just grew up and he like made it, which is pretty cool. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy because sticks out like a sore ass thumb. That's like a small polar bear walking around a small 20 foot tall polar bear walking around in the, in Africa. Exactly. Can I break some news? <clears throat> break yeah, some sure. news. Breaking news came out yesterday. Kyle, pull this up. Another oh spotless giraffe baby has just been spotted as of no. yesterday. In no, the wild this time. Up. You're making this in up. In the wild. Holy what? shit. Yeah. What's oh, going on here? In Namibia. Huh. That is crazy. Something is happening, dude. This is aliens for sure. <laughs> this is aliens. <laughs> this, this literally just broke yesterday. Giraffe spots is aliens. Um. Uh. <laughs> that's interesting. Huh. I wonder if it's something to do with like the climate or something, you know, something that we're, we're not understanding. Could be. Huh. Now, if you were, if you were like on a bush track and you saw that, would you like, what would your reaction be? 
I'd be shocked. Yeah. Yeah. Especially yeah. if I didn't know about this, which I only really knew that it became a thing, you know, when that white giraffe came out. But I guess that's albinism. I don't know. I'd just be shocked. I'd be it'd be one of those things where I wouldn't really believe my own eyes. I'd be like, I swear to God, I saw this fully brown giraffe and I'd probably be justifying it. I'd be like, oh, he was probably just rolling in the dust or something like there's no way it was actually brown like all over. You know, I'd be like justifying yeah. it in my own mind for why I thought that. Um, so the Tennessee Zoo has narrowed down to four names. Um, I don't think it's up for vote, but Forrest, I'm going to give you the ability to choose which of these okay. four names they're going to name the fully brown giraffe. Okay. Kapiki, Furyali, Shakiri, or Jamela? Oh, it's definitely Kapiki. Yeah, Kapiki's. It's, it's, it's the only. It's the only. No-brainer. Yeah, it's the only cute name. What was the last one? Shirelli? What was that? <laughs> Jamela. Jameli? Jameli? Jamela? That's awful. What a mess. It's just a bunch of letters. Um, no, I don't care. I don't care for that one bit. Um, anyway, just like that bit of news. Uh, I've got another one if we want to keep going yeah. on news. What do you got, baby? Going. I'm ready. Did I tell you guys this? I'm, I'm, I'm mixing up my DFS game this year for football. You're, you're paint, paint your body, eat a lot more hot wings, or what do you think? I'm going to eat a lot of hot wings. Um, yeah. I'm not going to paint my, my gross body. Uh, no, <laughs> prize picks. Have you heard about this? I'm familiar with it a little bit. Never played it. How's it work? My buddies are doing it. It's the easiest way to play DFS, I think. Uh, okay. Yeah, all you do is you go on. They posted a bunch of stats, right? Like uh-huh. more or less receiving yards. Oh, will so Will cool. Bryce Young have 189.5 more or less passing yards, right? I'm going less this week. Less, less yeah. for sure. Yeah. So you pick anywhere from two to six, uh, more or less. You pick anywhere from two to six of those. You can turn ten dollars into two hundred and fifty bucks with just a few taps. Uh, it's pretty. It's pretty fun. It's very simple to play. You make your picks. You can submit your entry in less than sixty seconds. I think it's perfect for our busy, busy audience who are out there catching snakes, collecting tadpoles, and playing a lot of fantasy. Quite frankly, you're in the league. I mean, I'm in. I think it sounds great. Let's do it. Yeah. If you're interested, it is fun. Go to prizepicks.com slash wild and use code wild for a first deposit match up to $100 at Prize Picks. Daily fantasy sports made easy. I think it's a great idea. Forrest, you should do it right now. I'm, I'm, I'm hanging up and going over there as we speak. We'll, we'll wait while you do that. All right, but good, goodbye. I got another one. This is a fantastic find. Very exciting. A new... <laughs> Anytime that anything new comes out in the wild world, especially when it's not like a microscopic insect, is very exciting. Scientists discovered a new species of shark. Um, and it's not just any shark. It's not just some tiny deep sea shark. It's a horn Maybe. shark, which are very cool. We have them here in, in California. But this is a painted horn shark from Western Australia. It's uh, oh, Let's have a look at this thing. Here. Yeah, it's a beautiful looking animal. Look oh, at that wow. thing. Wow, yeah. it looks like, is that like a like a tiger shark, right? A little bit, or am I crazy? I mean, patterning, yeah. Patterning-wise, it's it's sort of has that tiger shark pattern-esque. But see why it's called the horn shark? Kyle, zoom into on top of the dorsal, either dorsal fin there. Um, they have these these oh. uh, spikes that stick out by their, their fin there to keep predators from biting them that actually have a toxin in them. They're pretty brutal. I've been been tagged by them a few times, catch, hand-catching them in California. Um, but yeah, really cool, just... Just a, just a few weeks ago, it was discovered during a seabed survey in Gascoigne Marine Park. 
um, which was, you know, just awesome to find a new species of shark. And it is pretty deep, which especially for horn sharks in the rest, as far as I know, the rest of the other species of horn shark are all pretty shallow, like reef species. This guy was found from like 400 to, to like 750 feet down. So it is relatively deep, not crazy deep, but just, mm. uh, yeah, really cool. How, how far does a uh, diver go down? Like a, uh, well, when you dive, like when you go di diving down to either spearfish like or uh, free diving, I'll, I'll hunt, I'll hunt down to typically about a hundred holding my breath and then scuba mm. diving down to like 160. Now you can go down deeper. I mean, there are guys that'll go all the way down to basically 350, 400 feet with special tanks and deco and everything else. But you know, the, the upper limit of how deep you can go scuba diving is basically call it 200 feet. It's, it's crazy because when I go head first down into like an eight foot pool, my head feels like it's going to explode. So it's well, you have the to pressure clear your down. ears. You have to clear no, your ears. No, it's, it's not just my ears. It's everything. It just feels like it's all getting compressed so much. And when you say <laughs> clear your ears, you mean like do the Valsalva maneuver where you go blow out when you hold your nose? I've never heard the, of the Valsalva maneuver. But yeah, yeah just what, what, what's like that? that. Unblock your ears, you know, like you do on yeah, an airplane. So so that it's it's called the uh, Valselva maneuver when you hold your nose and you blow and and uh, force is calling it clearing your ears. It's the same thing, I think. So apparently, this horn shark has some very strange teeth. Yeah, it's got molars. Yeah, they're they're saying it has human like molars. Look at oh this. Oh my goodness! Let's see this. So see those. those oh my god! Teeth in the back. It's got yeah. The top. Those flat bony molars there. Yeah. Chewing Rad. on some mollusks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it's eating seaweed, dude. That's what the mollers are for. <laughs> mollers. Uh, yeah. Well, that's what I got for what's in the news. I was stoked on both of those. Love the new horn shark. I love that he's striped. I think he's beautiful. It's very cool. I liked the, uh, the video that was sent of the orangutan just gunning the possum out of its enclosure. Oh, oh so what? Good. I haven't seen this. Oh, dude, this... Sarangatan, he's he's cruising around. He's at a zoo. He goes up into his house, <laughs> and it's like you know he's got like a little tree house. Like for watch this. Oh my! What God. the? <laughs> It'll replay. It's <laughs> <So> good. <laughs> Wait, yeah. I want to see it for the beginning. Oh, That's there it. isn't a beginning. So you just yeah. see him flinging it out of there. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah, it's at the Perth Zoo in Australia, and the uh, the zookeepers were like, "We we actually do a really good job with pest control, but every once in, once in a while, the uh, orangutans have to let a possum go flying." And there's no, no, they provided no update about the condition of the possum. He there's didn't no make way. it. No, there's no. Way. Yeah, there's let no me way. see that again. Pull that up one more time. So funny. That's like, yeah, that's like thirty feet in the air. Oh, yeah. No, he is flying. Dude, the no. distance is amazing. Because you can tell he just grabbed it and just flung it. And it goes like 40 yards. The The reason I like the first comments is I'm so conflicted if I find this funny or not. Uh, yeah. The reason <laughs> that the uh, there's no update on the possum is because the orangutan flipped him into the crocodile enclosure. So yeah. that was... Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm just... Is that true? That but, no, I don't no. know. But it... He's definitely not still in the Orantan house. I mean, he is flying he's, out of there. He's, he's probably been talking to the crocodile over there, and, like, they planned this for sure. He's like, this goddamn possum keeps coming up. I'm going to toss him over to you. You, you catch him. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs>
Good stuff. Well, I mean, have what's been going on in life, uh, Forrest? Or have you been able? You, you did you uh, you watch the uh, World Series of Rugby? Was it? You said it was uh, going to get Cup, crazy. The World Cup's ongoing. Uh, games so far have been really good. The uh, Fiji Wales game was fantastic. I mean, Fiji was way down, and then they had they had an opportunity right at the 80th minute to come back. And the guy on the wing dropped the ball at the try line. And it was like, he, he literally put his head down and didn't pick it up. Like even after he put a towel over his head, he was so was gutted. Stinging. But the games have been yeah. amazing. Yeah, they've been super physical. There's been some awesome, awesome rugby going on. The game on September 24th is going to be the best game uh, of probably the whole tournament, which is Ireland against South Africa. That's basically like a final. So that'll nice. be a really good game. Important game to see if the Springboks move forward. So yeah, I'm gonna have and, to. I'm gonna have to give it a watch because Forrest, you don't you you don't watch many sports. You're like me, right? You're just into rugby pretty much, and then animals. yeah, it's my only sport. I mean, yeah, I'll you know, look, I'll I'll watch a Super Bowl when it's on, or right, you know, go right. to a baseball game with some buddies. But I am the I'm fanatical about rugby. I can name every player on every team. I this is this is my holy grail of sports. I spend four years waiting for this, seeing what team is playing who and who's injured and what the yeah. rankings are and yeah, no, I love, 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 love rugby. So well, we yeah, had, we had, an exciting. we had an interesting question come in. Uh, I think it was on the Patreon and somebody asked who, what seven animals I believe would you have on your rugby team to, uh, Oh, I, I texted you guys the answer. I just don't remember what I said. Um, uh, so I think it's in the chat we had, if you want to refresh back, but, um, I you you did send a list of animals, but I was wondering like why because I know nothing about rugby and I wanted I wanted to know why you picked the animals you did. Yeah, uh, so sevens rugby is different from fifteens rugby. That's not what's happening right now. Sevens rugby is a smaller, faster game. Four seven minutes per half, fourteen minute game total. It's what I played in two two weeks ago when I blew up my knee a little bit, and uh, it's all open field, fast paced running. Um, so okay. I said I do uh, my front row would be an elephant, rhino, elephant, which are all fast, big animals. So you could always offload to any of those animals and they'd smash it through. Then I'd have my scrum half being a pronghorn antelope because they're just like super bouncy and maneuverable. So I can bounce oh, around nice. the scrum, get the ball, yeah. offload it. My uh -huh. uh, my number five would be an ostrich because really good in a straight line, going to run the ball up hard, still has some good steps, great speed. And then on the wings, I'd have cheetahs. So they're just, they're just, oh yeah. Little Ches, Cheslin Colby's, which I'm sure you, nobody who's listening even knows who that is, but no. um, he's an incredible, he's one of the best athletes you will ever see in your life. Um, and yeah. just hand the ball out to the wings and uh, have them burn it in. So anyway, I could do a Sounds whole like podcast a good on rugby, but it's, uh, yeah, it's a lot going on. The World Cup's so exciting. It's so much fun. Is New Zealand still in it? They're in it, but they're 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 dog shit. I mean, the standings are unbelievable. Like it's just like first of all, I mean, you saw what Rhodes said, but uh, first of all, uh, yeah, no, the the All Blacks are just utter garbage at the moment. England is terrible. Australia, I think, is ranked ninth, which is insane. These are all teams that have won the World Cup prior. So right oh. now, Ireland is standing as number one, and South Africa is seated as number two, even though South Africa is the reigning world champs. Um, but in the point system, Ireland is ranked above them by one point at the number one seed. And they're in the same pool in pool play, which that's why I'm saying huh. the game on September 24th is going to be like a final because you're watching the world number one and number two team play before even the playoffs or before oh. even the, the semifinals. So it's um, 
I don't know. It's really it's going to be a odds. <laughs> the betting odds have shifted a lot since we talked about it. South Africa is now the favorite. I told you that before we read the odds. I was like, I guarantee you, South Africa is. The, and whoever said New Zealand. So I mean, those are odds from people that obviously, especially if they're Vegas odds, don't understand rugby. They're basing it on Vegas history. Up. Well, you should take advantage of it then, pal, because it's true. Ireland is still behind New Zealand here. Who is Ireland? So it goes South Africa and France at the top, then a no, gap, that's dumb. then that's New really Zealand <laughs> again. Then so they're, they're basing that on the fact that Ireland's never won a World Cup. But if you look at the players, you look at the coaches, you look at the style of play and the teams that have been built. I wish I, I don't know how to fucking sports bet, but I would have told, I would have bet easily a thousand dollars that New Zealand was going to lose. You're talking to the gambling man, Pat, right here, dude. You should hook up, link up, put it in a nice I'll, bet. I'll give you, I'll give you some money to play some bets, Pat. I, I, it's like, well, who do you, who, who do you think is going to win? It's South either going to be, well, the South African, South Africa is going to win the world cup. That's, that's, that's what I say going into every world cup. It's who I want to win every world cup. That's my team. <laughs> The game against Ireland is probably going to be the best game of the whole tournament, even though it's not in the in the finals or semis. The next best game will probably be the finals game, which is either going to be Ireland versus France or yeah. or South Africa versus France. Now, I'm yeah. obviously rooting for it's South Africa versus France because South Africa plays a much more physically dominant game than France does. And uh, yeah. that's that's. If we face France, we'll annihilate them. When we face Ireland, it's big farm boys versus big farm boys. So that game is yeah, gonna baby. Be... Now the good I thing mean... about that is the good thing about that is South Africa. South Africans are just a shitload harder than uh, Irish. So we're still gonna smash the shit oh, out of man, them. Man, you are causing some, oh, some I don't turbulence here. People are getting I don't, pissed. Don't care one bit. Um, but it's <laughs> he wants uh, to fight all the Irish listeners. Oh, right now I'll fight every single one of them. We're talking about <laughs> rugby. If you put me in a bar right now and there was a game going on, I'd be screaming in people's faces trying to start something. I, listen, uh, I gotta, I want, I gotta go I, and see this game with you. I want to see this debauchery that happens. Like, I, I feel like it'll be nothing like I've ever experienced. You and oh, well, with wait, all these rugby. Wait dudes. until twenty. 20- 30, I think it is when the rugby <laughs> world cup comes to the USA. Cause I'm going to oh, every boy. single game. Where and do I, you I'm, know where it's going to be? Uh, they haven't announced yet. It's either going to be uh, just, well, it's not one place. It's all over the country. Just like right now mm. it's in France and it's, it's in like six different stadiums. Um, gotcha. But I'm going to go to literally every game unless they decide to do Canada, USA and Mexico, which they're discussing, which would be a pain. But um, no, I literally like, I will, go in full south africa garb and if i see a fan for england <laughs> new zealand australia wales scotland ireland i'll just be screaming in their faces about what cool hounish useless players and coaches they have until somebody punches me that's like my favorite thing to do uh <laughs> forrest might be more passionate about rugby than he is animals which is which is a hard trick to beat because i like I've my never rugby. met anyone <laughs> i like my well, rugby. speaking of speaking of games i know pre-pod we were talking about some games and shit that uh that we have going on you were real excited about some kind of game you wanted to play for host oh yeah i got a good one um stand by one second i gotta pull it up here so this was submitted to me by a brosner it was an idea that i got sent and i was like wow that actually sounds really really fun um, nice let me find it here that all right here it is it is from miles heartache is that right? Am I saying that right? Miles Heartache. I, I love you. He's correct. a heartbreak kid. Yeah. Heartache. So Miles sent this in. 
And he had a game that he came up with. Stand by. Miles got some cool photos. Hold on a second. Can we show people's Instagram on 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 this? Is that a thing we yeah. can do? You got to okay. throw it, Hold I on. think, in the private chat so you can. All right. So real quick, Kyle, pull up Miles' page. I, I haven't looked at it until right this second. I just read the DM, but it's got some good shit on here. Look at the Miles' page. Stand by. Pull this up, Kyle. Show show the show the people. Look at Miles' photos here. Let the good Miles is not see. fucking around. Look at his his stingray shots. Real nice. Oh wow! Yeah, this is legit. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, this, these look like professional photogs right here. Look at that line. Yeah, these are good. Um, all right. Anyway, well, Miles came up with a game, and we're going to play it. Uh, he calls it highs or lows. So we're going to come up with uh, – I'm going to give you two – I'm going to give you a stat, which in this case we're going to do populations left in the wild, and you guys are going to guess who's got more or less, and then I'll give you the numbers. Okay? Okay. That makes sense. Real simple. So highs or lows, brosters play along. So first up, we have the Asian elephant, elephant versus (laughs) the African lion. Um, Asian elephant versus African lion. Who has a higher population left in the wild? And what do you think those numbers are? Wow. Easy for me. I'd say African lion. Um, I'm going to guess 4,000. Okay. Uh, I, I got to go with the African lion too. Reason being is that I know that elephants have been poached and hunted for their tusks to the point where they're now literally devolving tusks. So true. Um, I'm going to go with the lion. I'm going to go a little okay. less though. I'm going to go with 2,800 lions left. Jeez. You guys are, your populations are crim. Um, <laughs> oh, uh, really? so Keep in mind, in Asia, elephants are used as a commodity. They're used for work and everything else. So they keep that population nice and healthy. So there are 50,000 Asian elephants left in the wild and only 24,000 African lions left in the wild. Which is a lot better than four, like you guys are saying. Yeah. Um, It's it's good and bad. You're really happy now. Yeah, Yeah, that's good. Okay. And Cal, I, I can't see because I'm reading the the game, but hopefully you're pulling up pictures of everything so we can see them because we're going to get into some uh, more unique critters in a minute here. Okay, next up, round two. Sloth bear versus striped hyena. Which one do you think has a higher population? Tell me a little bit about the sloth bear. I don't know. I don't know much about it. Um, sloth bear is an amazing creature from Asia. Let me pull up. I'm hoping Kyle can pull up. Um, yeah, so, you got a picture up here. Okay, interesting. So yeah, it's it's uh it's probably the number one animal I wanted to see outside of the gharial when we went to India because in the parks we were in they had them. Didn't get to see them. Uh, apparently, incredibly aggressive, like way more aggressive than Ooh. a grizzly or anything else. And they're not nearly as big, much smaller animal. Um, but yeah, they they'll defend themselves against tigers in India and other parts of Asia. The guides we were with, wow. I think I told the story. Uh, yeah, I did tell the story. The guides we were with when we were in Nepal, they came rushing into the hut and like locked the door. And I was like, what is going on? They're like, we just saw a sloth bear on the trail. And I was like, fuck. And like got all excited and like was trying to run out. And they're like, don't go out there. Don't go out there. And they were like dead serious that if I just like was outside around a sloth bear, it would rip me to shreds. And wow. I, you know, I've multiple times I've been in Alaska and somebody's been like grizzly and I've gone sprinting out to see the grizzly from a safe distance. But these guys were like, no, no, you can't even like be anywhere near a sloth barrel or rip you to shreds. Can um, we just digress for a, a half a second here? Look at, of course, somebody, some photographer captured a sloth bear versus tiger battle in a series of photos. 
it's pretty unbelievable. Oh, I want to see him. I mean, the wow. software does not have the size advantage here. Look no. at that. Zoom in, Kyle, real quick on that second yeah. photo down. Zoom that in on the bear's one. face there. Vicious, Look at that. man. Looks that like looks that like that Charlie. werewolf that Joe Rogan has in his studio. That's exactly <laughs> what it looks like. That is exactly what it looks like. That's and a little there guy. It looks cuddly. Yeah. And there it looks cute. They look like they're about <laughs> to go for a French kiss. <clears throat> Wait, yeah. so, so is this a full-size one or is this like a baby one? No, it's full-size. Oh my God! Dude, that thing tigers is... are remember tigers are massive. That's true. Massive. I guess yeah. For dude, these things are badass. Okay, what's your okay, so, what so sloth think? bear versus what's the other one? Striped striped hyena. hyena. So Kyle, if you'll pull up a picture of a striped hyena, uh, we actually got really really great trail cam footage of a striped hyena uh, during the Zimbabwe. Uh, cool main lion or not main lion uh cape lion episode yeah uh, and got incredible footage of one but uh anyway what do you think they live in sub-saharan africa of course who do you think has a higher wild population striped hyenas have the higher population uh now that i know what i know about the lion i'm gonna say striped hyenas coming in around forty-six thousand. okay peter uh wow i mean just to play devil's advocate, I'll I'll go with the uh, sloth bear, even though I don't really believe it. I'll say population fifty thousand. <laughs> you just don't believe it exists. No, I I don't no. I don't believe that it has a higher population. Good. But I, I just want to go against the grain here. Fifty thousand. Right, before before I give the answer, would you guys like to see my super cool new discus? Look at him back there. So is that the big two... yellow fish? Yeah, and then there's the blood discus as well, which I don't know, Kyle. I don't know if you can zoom in, but they're uh, they're together. He's behind the yellow fish, but um, no, they're Kyle. Can you hack cool. into Forest webcam and zoom it in, please? Yeah, just, <laughs> perfect. Yeah, I got two beautiful discus. Um, you know, it's hilarious. They're out huh? right now. Is nice. They're hiding. Oh, look, you can see the blue one nicely now. See him? Oh, down in the bottom right there. He's right there. Oh shit! Yeah, that's a that's a reflection. That's a reflection. <laughs> no, right there. There's a fish. No, no, I right? see him now. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. bottom right was a reflection. Oh, well, he's very cool. Um, all right, all right back to the game. Got? Who wins? Uh, the so I said fifty thousand. Yeah, for the, uh, the bear. The sloth bear has a population of about twenty thousand individuals in the wild, whereas <sighs> the striped hyena only has fourteen thousand. Oh, baby! Come on. That's right. So. So we got one point for Peter so far. Um, all right, next up, uh, we both know what these animals look like. We have the gray wolf or the brown bear. Who do you think has a higher population oh, wow. in the wild? Well, I, I didn't know, like, any of these, by the way. I was just like, oh, yeah, I sort of have an idea of, like, what their numbers or what their population is doing as far as whether it's surviving or dwindling. But I didn't know any of these, right. like, actual stats. So it's kind of cool. Like, brown bear, gray wolf, they coexist in the same habitat. I know what I thought first off. I was like, oh, this is going to be obvious, but I'm curious to hear what you guys think. This is a tough one. I, to me, this one seems very obvious, okay. but I've been wrong on everyone so far. So I'm going to go <laughs> brown bear. Are we going worldwide population? Correct. No, oh, man. I mean, there's still plenty in Russia, Siberia. I'm going to go like 250,000 brown bear left. I think okay. they're doing great. Okay. Um, shit. I, I, I'm going to go with the brown bear as well. The gray wolf gets hunted 
out of places. I mean, there. Ha- I'm gonna I'm gonna go a little lower though. I'll say a hundred and eighty thousand brown bear. Okay. Well, the brown bear, as you both guessed, has a population of two hundred thousand worldwide, whereas the gray wolf has a population of three hundred thousand. Wow. What? Yeah. But they're pack animals. That's why, to me, it was, like, pretty obvious. It's like, oh, well. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Got your happy price, price line. There's these packs of wolves, right? And so you have a pack Mm. of them that's going to account for more than the individual brown bears that are spread out all over the place. So, um, all right, we got two more game. If we like this game, uh, I like this game. I like it. It's pretty fun. Yeah, it's pretty fun. Miles Miles has offered to do a bunch more. He actually sent me two, so we could even do another one today, or we could save it for another day. Hey, Brosners, thank you for being loyal subscribers. We appreciate everything that you do. And now we have a membership offer for you. I think you can get ad-free episodes, I heard. That's pretty big. Ad-free is big, but you can also get your comments looked at so we don't have to sift through the millions. How do you do that? Is there some sort of badge system? There's a badge system, (laughs) a loyalty badge. Boom. Shows up next to your name in the comments. Boom. Oh, we man. read the comment. All this badge talks. Make, I'm going to the badge store. He's going to You're get a badger. badger. He's going he's gonna to buy one. Didn't earn it. He's going to buy one. He did a fake leave. <laughs> well, I assumed Kyle would know to cut on the motion. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's cut now. That's, that's our ad. I have an interesting question you may or may not know, but if you don't know, maybe Kyle can find out. What is the number of animals that you need to have in a population to be considered endangered, for example? I know they have different levels, but like, is it when it's down to like 3000 or is there not a set number for critically endangered? It doesn't matter. Whatever. I, I'm just trying to get a frame of reference like it. Well, that's interesting. To- Kyle, look it up. I'm not sure because it's different. You know, there's a, a whole lot of different uh, specifications, wow. but uh, critically endangered is when there's less than 250 breeding adults left. That's critically endangered. Okay. So 250. That's low. That, and basically, it doesn't really even mean that, to be honest, because what it really means is critically endangered means that it has a most, I think it's like greater than 50% chance of going extinct without intervention in 20 years or less. That's actually what oh. it is. Because, so you you know, you can have a population of, and this is why it's so different, right? You can have a population of 250 animals and be like, oh, they'll be fine because they're super fine. You know, like if you had a population of 250 Dorado, they'd be fine because they reach adulthood in three months and they can, mm. you know, make 10,000 babies. Whereas a population of 250 uh, orangutan, gorilla, elephants, any of these slow reproducing like big whales, they're pretty much fucked. They're just slowly going to dwindle from there because that capacity is not enough for them to to generationally continue at a fast enough rate. So um, okay. pro- probability of extinction is uh, 20% within 20 years or five generations. That's critically endangered. Okay. Um, so probability a, of extinction in the wild in at least in, is at least 20% within 20 years. That's, that's how they define critical endangered. Gotcha. And then endangered, it says, according to national geographic society, if the population decreases by 20% within a five year period, 
Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. See, okay. See, it's all and, over the place. That's what yeah. I'm trying to say. It's, it's not like yeah. they're, it's really more like on a case by case basis of the species right. than it is, than it should ever be like a blanket set statement on numbers. Um, yeah, for sure. It has to do with the slope of the animal. Yeah. Like, yep. Population. All right. We got two more. I want to play two more right. highs or lows. Let's do it. Yes, sir. Okay. Sea otter versus elephant seal. Huh. Again, cohabitate Pacific Northwest. We have elephant seals, sea otters. Cal's going to pull up pictures. They're great, super cool animals. You think there's a <laughs> billion of them. You really do. Both of them, especially sea otters. <laughs> yeah. um, but what do you think their populations are at? Mm -hmm. I mean, I've seen a lot of sea otters. I haven't seen a lot of elephant seals. <laughs> it's always uh, the same picture of that same sea otter when we pull it I know. Out. Every picture <laughs> Um, I'm going to go sea otters. There's more of them. I'm going to say there's 1 million left. Wow. Wow. Uh, I'm going to have to, I'm still in the lead, I think. Right. I'm, yeah, I'm gonna I haven't to, gotten any right. I'm going to have to agree <laughs> with Pat on this one then just because I feel like elephant seals, they're, they're bigger. And for some reason that makes me feel like there can't be as many, they take up too much space. Uh, I will generally go, that's generally that's true. Like because of humans, no other reason, but generally that's yeah. true. A million. You said, Pat. Yeah, I already looked it up. I'm way off. Ah, shit. Well, don't <laughs> tell me that, but I, I am going to go under, uh, in, in this price is right strategy. I'll say 700,000. So sea otters keep in mind, were hunted to near extinction for their fur during like the gold rush era. Oh, Don't yeah. forget about that. We've talked about that and what it did to the California kelp forests. However, mm -hmm. their population has rebounded to a pretty healthy 106,000. Wow. Whereas elephant seals have a nice, robust, decently robust population of 170,000 individuals. Wow, close, close. Yeah. I've, I've yeah. never seen an elephant seal. I, I didn't even know they existed. A, that picture is the first time I've seen one. I, I was Dude, like, wow. Are you kidding me? You got it. it you got like it. Thumb. That's, that's, that's that's first of all that's a ridiculous statement secondly it's something that you should remedy immediately because all you have to do is take a nice drive up to hearst castle along the uh california one with your family and go and see okay. them because they're incredible like your family will love it i was trying to find a picture of me standing next to one to show you oh yeah no this is good this is this is good advice just like uh you gave me i think in one of the bonus pods about how to cook fish this is i wrote it down i'm gonna write this down I'm Good. always looking for something to do with the kids and the family. I'm going to go see elephant seals with my newborn. And and, my and it's a, it's a winter wife. activity, by the way. And I'm the only reason I'm staring at my phone is I was trying to find a picture to show They're you guys. I, I, I huge, don't, I don't think people understand the scale of how big these things are. 13 um, feet long for wow. the males, almost 5,000 pounds. They're yeah. huge. Right there, right there and here in California too. Kyle's Kyle's going to pull up this picture. I just texted him once he madly scrambles between his phone and computer and everything else. But um, no. So here's what you do, Peter. I'll, I'll, I'll give you. You ready for it? You might yeah. wanna, might want to write this down. All right. So you pack, you pack the family up on a Thursday afternoon. Okay. okay hold on. Pack family up Thursday. You, it, maybe Thursday? don't need to go that far. Be drive, <laughs> drive yourself to Pismo Beach, California. When you get to Pismo Beach, you're going to want to go to Splash Cafe and have Ooh. a giant Kyle, Kyle while you're scrambling also pull these pictures up good luck uh you're gonna want to go to Pismo Beach and you're gonna want to stop at Splash Cafe for a bread bowl of clam chowder okay we did that in Seattle food. remember Pat oh god yes yeah. it's good it's gonna hurt the tum-tum but it is gonna be very <laughs> worth it every okay. bite you get an entire loaf of San Luis sourdough you know that good sourdough that we only get in here in SoCal you get an entire loaf 
of San Luis sourdough carved out, filled with the creamiest, most decadent clam chowder I, on the I might West go today. Coast. I may go then, today. Then, sir, you're going to go from Pismo Beach. You're going to take the one. Okay, don't take the 101. You're not going to San right. Francisco. When you hit yep. San Luis Obispo, you're going to turn left, and you're going to go on the one. Okay? Right, Forget right. about Morro Bay. Okay, if you're from Morro Bay, I'm sorry. Forget about Morro Bay. Nothing good takes place in Morro Bay. I love Morro Bay. Swing into Cayucas, California. Okay, Cayucas, <laughs> California. Yep. Once you hit Cayucas, C A Y U C O S. Once you hit Cayucas, you're gonna want to take a okay. quick stop at the uh, the Brown Butter Bakery, I believe it's called, Ooh. and get yourself get yourself a Huckleberry Pie. Okay, this is fantastic. Uh, yeah, Huckleberry okay. Pie. Lots of whipped cream. Across the street is the smoked fish store. In case you're still uh, looking for a, a little nibbler, get yourself some smoked <laughs> fish for the road. Okay. From there, right. you're going to continue along the one. You're going to stop multiple times to take in the incredible sights between Cayucas, California, and San Simeon, California. Maybe, maybe a nice Just wine nice. tasting in Cambria, maybe not. But you're going to take in the sights. You're going to see how incredibly beautiful the, the Central California coast is. You're gonna mm-hmm, hit mm-hmm. the you're gonna hit the the forest, the redwoods, that area, and okay. then you're gonna get to a turnout that I'm not gonna share with the Brosners, and oh, wow. uh, I'm gonna send you a pin. And when you get to that wow. turnout, is... you're gonna walk down the dirt trail with your family, with your small child, children, and your wife. You're gonna go south along the beach. Once you've gone south along the beach, about 150 yards, you're gonna stop and see an enormous beach sausage that looks like this photo that Cal's <laughs> gonna pull up right now. Okay, oh, and that, my God. sir is an elephant seal. And you're going to be able to sit on the beach right on that little little dune that's behind my buttocks there and yep. see these unbelievable creatures in, in February or March of, of the yeah. this coming year. And that's you're going to watch these things spar, fight with each other, mate, make crazy noises. Your kids are going to love it. I'm... Then you're going to continue on to Ragged Point in Big Sur. Spend the night up at Ragged Point. You're actually writing this down, which is phenomenal. Spend oh, the no- night at Ragged Point. Kyle, pull up Ragged Point, big sir. You're going to spend the night in an over over the Vista bungalow in Ragged Point, about 160 bucks. Won't break the bank. Oh, beautiful. Maybe two nights. So hang out in the pool. Go for a walk. Hit Julia Pfeiffer Falls at the state park. Then you're going to head back down the coast and go home. That's a perfect weekend right there. I mean, this is literally like I'm I'm drooling. I'm salivating right now. (laughs) And I swear to God, I'm doing this in March. Probably you must. Your family (laughs) will love you. Your wife will think it's incredible. You'll see one of the biggest marine mammals uh, in California. Peter just sent it in the group chat to everybody. Kyle, make sure we put this this in the description of the, uh, this is big. This is big information. I think people really like it. But that, that point that, that pinpoint is the true key to this. And uh, yes, it is. It's San Simeon, California for those. Oh, I forgot. I forgot. Sorry. I forgot one thing. I don't mean to keep being your travel guide here, but after you've stopped, and Kyle, pull this picture up too, please. After you stop to enjoy the elephant seals, you're going to take your family on a lovely walking tour of Hearst Castle, H-E-A-R-S-T Castle. Then you're going to continue on to Ragged Point, maybe on the way back down because you've done a lot of activities. Um, yeah, I mean, well, mostly you've been eating on the way up. Yeah, yeah, you're fat now. <laughs> um, but you're going to have a nice <laughs> tour of Hearst Castle, seals. which is also a delight. There's there's zebras walking around, maybe some spots. Wow. Giraffe, you never know. Plus this amazing castle. Yeah, you won't regret it. That's a really nice no. weekend. This is, I mean, I'm like getting excited and it's just unfortunate because, you know, my wife's 20 weeks, 20, 20 months pregnant. Okay. She's about to have a kid. I'll have nothing to do. This is the most exciting visualization of something 
I've had in my head for a while. Put it on the calendar We're do for it, though. March. We're going to do it. Your family's going to love you. The whole trip's going to cost you like 400 bucks in gas and accommodations and everything. Maybe an extra hundred in Huckleberry pies. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a very worthwhile weekend. Your, your family's going to think you're a wonderful man for it. Thank you. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right, last one. Ready? Here we go. We, we oh, digress. shit. We're still last playing. One. Highs or lows? We have <laughs> yeah. Red Panda versus the Cheetah. The adorable Red Panda <clears throat> from the highs of the Himalayas or the Zippy Cheetah, which would be the wings on my sevens rugby team. Who you taking? Who's got the higher population in the wild? God damn, that thing's cute. Yeah, it is. It's got to be Red Panda, right? Does it? Uh, I'm going to go 11,000 Red Panda. I'm going to go, God, for some reason I have in my head that cheetahs are endangered, but I'm going to go cheetahs anyways, and I'll just say 11,001. Good good guesses. <laughs> That's how they write it out. They they, they add the end one. Um, all right, so uh, as your guesses, as I think we've talked about before, cheetahs had some terrible diseases and got hammered, and their population came really, really close to extinction. They had a big genetic bottlenecking. However, they've bounced back to a relatively healthy, but still in pretty rough uh, situation, 7,000 individuals in oh, the wild, wow. whereas yes. the red panda has a population of 10,000 individuals in the wild. Uh, wow. Okay. So close, yeah. but low. And lowest back, on back our list? One. No, not lowest on our Can list. Uh, mm. Let's see. Let me pull the list back up. Yes. Lowest on the list is the cheetah at 7,000. Okay. All right. Yeah. Wow. That is that is a that was a learning experience. The game and the uh, tour guide, the I travel advice. It. Yeah, it, it, it um, might be the best game we ever played. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy, by the way. Just on the cheetahs, they were estimated to be at a hundred thousand a hundred years ago, and oh, now they're down yeah. to seventy one hundred. Wow, yeah, so brutal. Yeah, so brutal. was that was a, I mean, it sounds like a lot of that was the disease, right? As Correct. opposed to. I'm Correct. sure a lot of it if, is habitat loss as well. If, if, if you're looking, I mean, habitat loss is the big reason because there's nowhere for them to go. But what is it? Um, let me look it up quickly. It's uh, here it is. Systemic amyloid ambulosis, I think, is the mm. disease that they got. And it was it just it just ran through cheetahs. I think is that the right one? Um, it's a neurological disorder, I believe. And I, I, I might have to do a little more reading than five seconds. But it uh. It basically just ran through them. I think it came from domestic dogs, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, right. And okay. uh, it's our fault. We fucked it up. Yeah, yeah of course. course. Yeah. Uh, myelopathy, Kyle says. Maybe that was what it is. In cheetahs is a distinct neurological disorder characterized by degenerative lesions. Yeah, this is a lesions of the spinal cord causing ataxia and paresis, which I don't know. Oh, God. Just names, sounds like a, that's like, sounds, yeah. Sounds painful. Sounds like yeah. a bad yeah. time. Sounds awful. Probably affects memory. Neural just fuck off. Um, can we do one more thing? One more segment? I think we should. Please, please let us. At least one more. Maybe we've five. got an animal mystery. Oh, yeah. Let's do it. We need to solve it. <laughs> this We're takes place. Case. This story takes place in Texas. Okay, never heard of it. Uh, in <laughs> Hill Country Village, Texas, specifically. Okay, okay. Um, Hill Country. This is a suburban neighborhood takes place in a woman's backyard it's midday she sees an animal walking through her yard 
doesn't know what it is. Doesn't look like anything she's seen before. It stops. It eats some berries off of a berry bush. Berries. Yeah. It's a ve- it's a vegetarian or an omnivore. And, and and then it sort of disappears into the into the wooded area behind her house. Okay. So first thoughts here about this berry eating strange animal <laughs> in the deer. suburbs of Texas. It's a deer. It's in the suburbs. It walks up. Oh, but she doesn't know what it is. So it's not just a she common deer. It it's yeah, 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 yeah. That's dumb. Uh, it is a mangy. No. Yeah, it's a mangy fox. It's a mangy fox. Okay. Okay. All right. I mean, re- let's remember that Texas is the home of the most reported mm. chupacabra sightings. And, 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 and are- where the most eccentric weirdos have like big animals in their backyards coming from but, me. True. I, but a, a chupacabra is not eating berries, mate. Come on. No, right. Because <laughs> no. they suck the, the blood of goats. That's yes. right. All right. The goat uh, sucker. Let me, but it could be. It could be. I'm going to give you one more piece of information before okay. we uh, show the photo. Ooh, yep. we got a photo. So, um, someone from one zoo who weighed in, a zoologist, if you will, said <laughs> <will>. um, <laughs> that it is very likely an American badger. Mm. Well, okay. another zoologist said he believes it is a uh, a dog coyote hybrid. Koi dog. Huh. Pretty pretty different takes there though. Very. Those two things are not similar. Let's take a look at this photo. Let's see if we can yeah, break it down here. Yeah. Zoom in, please. Mm. Wow, that's that's it, huh? That's it's pretty ugly. It's it's very uh yeah, it looks just like so weathered. If, first of all, Hard I don't years. know who said it's a badger, but it's definitely not a badger. So, Kyle, <laughs> pull up a picture like of an American badger. badger, please. I mean, there's nothing there badger-esque at all. It was a zoologist. Um, well, he needs prescription glasses. Um, <laughs> but that uh, that there's your American badger. The legs are wrong. The body shape is wrong. Yeah. That ain't it. There's, um, there's a missing tail though. The, the, the mystery picture looks like it doesn't have a tail. Am I, or am I seeing, I see wrong? the tail. No, oh, you can see yeah, that little stump. I think it's there. I think it's hanging yeah. down there. Oh, um, okay. There it is. Yeah. Well, I know what I think it is, but I couldn't tell you exactly what it is. Um, I mean, it appears to have a tusk coming out of its mouth. There is <laughs> something going on in the front there. I don't know. I if bet, just, that's if gotta that's be the berry bush or what's yeah. happening over there. It looks um, like a dingo. So here's Kyle. Do me a favor. Open a new tab and type in uh, Belize pot liquor. I sure hope <laughs> porn doesn't come up. Um, <laughs> go to images. So these are these pups. Uh, man, they're very diverse. When we were in Belize, I almost brought one of these guys home because I loved him. But yeah, go to that guy. Go to the one with the big, big perky ears there on the left. Three yeah, down. So this is the type left. of domestic dog. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's basically just a crazy mongrel. But. Um, they're, they have a lot of these. So what I'm seeing in that picture is just a real mixed up mutt, kind of like that pot liquor that's yeah. riddled with mange, like lost yep. all his fur. I mean, just just looks her, just riddled with mange, like has those pox that sort of skin issue, no mm-hmm. fur. You can kind of see the testes in the back there under the tail, meaning it's a ah. male. Um, mm. Yeah, I'm seeing like just a real mangy mongrel. That's what I'm seeing. Yeah, I mean, I I, I got to agree. It it looks like just a, 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 kind of like a swollen dog of some type. Like it's look at look at how fat its limbs are. They're very thick 
and you could see all its wrinkles. It just looks like it's had some hard years out there in the wild. Some hard years. Are you buying the koi, the koi dog? I don't really I don't see the coyote. So. Yeah. I don't see any coyote, and it's stocky. You know, the coyotes always have that lean, like the belly goes concave, you know, like that mm-hmm. lean, mm-hmm. agile, like the way a greyhound or a whippet or something has that that look, or even a German shepherd. This is much more square bodied. I'm I'm just seeing a real mangy street dog, basically. Yeah. Yeah, that is what it looks like. Why he would be eating berries, I don't know. That's pretty odd. But I guess if he's mangy and just desperate, you know, whatever. He whatever looks pretty well fed though, honestly. It looks it doesn't look like emaciated or anything. Which is interesting. True, but he's trash. Definitely yeah. not in good shape. Yeah. Also, no, no. have you have you been to Texas? Like they're skinny don't <laughs> exist, okay? So uh <laughs> everything's bigger there. Everything's bigger in Texas, even there, even there. Even they're dying street dogs. Um, <laughs> that's what I'm calling it. What uh, What do you guys think? Oh, I mean, yeah, dog. Yeah, I got to agree. It's 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 definitely a canine. Like it's a dog. There's no way that it's a uh, badger. That was ludicrous. Yeah, that was um, that was a poor poor call. I gotta, you All know, right. it, good it, mystery. Yeah. Mystery solved. We found a street dog. There is no answer to this though. Correct. It's just a straight up mystery. Okay. Uh, well, well, I don't weigh know. in Brosner's weigh in. What do you think in the comments? Would love to hear your thoughts. Always love to read those and uh, get a sense of what's going on in the community when it comes to these animal mysteries. Good. All right, guys. Well, I think this is good. This is useful. We've learned a lot. We've played some games. We've uh, we've learned about animal populations and some rugby. I don't know what else we talked about, but some other good stuff. And uh so- Here's the thing. Let's just circle back to rugby because we didn't figure out what our bet is. Okay. I think at five to one, Ireland feels like the bet because it's it's paying five to one versus South Africa. You're only getting 2.5 to one. Well, I wish I'd bet when you first told me those stats where they were like fourth ranking to win. Um, yeah. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you why it's clownish here. And I'll, I'll put money on South Africa. I'll go out right now. I'll put a hundred dollars, 200 bucks <laughs> on South Africa. Always. It doesn't uh, matter what the game. Here's why. Because Ireland is ranked number one in the world because of how many Northern hemisphere rugby teams they beat to get there. And don't get me wrong. They're looking good. They're looking hard. They're looking bullish. They got great players, big freaking forwards, but, but <laughs> they're Northern hemisphere teams. Okay. That's like, that's like being the You're hardest. You're a hemispherist. Kid. I am. That's yeah. like being the that's like being the hardest marshmallow at the marshmallow factory. Okay. Like you're still not that hard. Okay. And now when you're, you're no competing, state puffed. And I'll and I'll tell you why. I'll, I can even bring it back to a whole theory I have behind rugby and who's gonna win and why. And it has nothing to do with the athletes. Um, which is really advanced theory thinking here. Now very strange. No, oh, I got a whole thing on it. Now they're not gonna win because they're not as hard as South Africa. South Africa has nothing to lose and everything to gain. They've got to prove it. They want it more than anybody. Their country is in shambles. There is load shedding. There is murder. I mean, life is rough if you live in South Africa. Life is not that rough if you live in Ireland. They don't need it like South Africa needs it. When South Africa won the last World Cup four years ago, it literally changed the entire atmosphere of the country because of how Mm. impactful it was. Because it's the biggest thing by a landslide in South Africa is the sport of rugby. And it changed the entire outlook of the country and made them forget for four years that their country ships more coal than anywhere else, basically on the planet. And yet they still don't have any power that their whole natural resources are being 
destroyed, that the murder rate's unbelievable, that there's no electricity. I mean, it's just like it it means something to South Africans and it means something to see a Khaleesi who's step the captain of the Springboks who's stepping on that field, who's representing his country for so much more than a sports game. And they are hard fucking people. All those boys on that South Africa team either come from like slums or farms or, you know, like rough, rough neighborhoods and schools. You're talking about mm-hmm. a bunch of Irish. I mean, come on. All they do is drink Guinness and sit around. Like, they they, 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 they can't <laughs> oh fucking. God. Nah, they got nothing. They got nothing. No, I, it, it is. Uh-huh. I, I do like what you're doing here, and I think you're right. It, it, it does. We always forget to to put ourselves in the shoes of whatever we're trying to figure out. And that motivation that they have, you're probably right. I mean, I'm watching a 90-day fiance where they're in South Africa. It is terrible there from what i see on this 90 day <laughs> reality show so these guys definitely got something to prove it sounds like and I, i'm gonna go out and bet I, is there I any bet. now any way i could i mean i'm liking tonga at 500 to one any chance they pull it out no. Tonga. No. F- F- fiji's got a better odd of winning than tonga um of those three one so fiji samoa and tonga are always the pacific island nations Here's the thing. They're the most fun teams to watch. There's no question about it. They do all this fancy stuff. They play a game of rugby that is like this fast, dynamic, like break all the rules. Like they'll just like throw the ball over their heads at each other and like catch it out of the air with one finger and like alley-oop it and do all this nonsense shit that's super fun to watch. But as soon as the pressure really, really gets applied, because they're all such incredible individual athletes, they don't come together as a team the way that they need to. And it's, uh, you know, the, you see it because like they'll, they'll beat any, they'll beat any team in the USA, most European teams, whatever, any day of the week, because they have 15 unbelievable athletes on the field that are just like dynamic and can do crazy things that nobody else can do. But as soon as the pressure gets super, super hard, they all go into this mode of I'm going to win the game for the team and they lose the teamness of it. And that, that has mm. them fall apart. And I've seen it. Every major game they play, and I'm not saying they're not incredible teams. They are, but they just don't have that team unity. I mean, those South African boys, like, they live together. They eat together. They drink together. They sleep together. All they do is rugby 24 hours a day. They don't do anything else. And, uh, you know, all the Samoans and Tongans and Fijians, and part of this is the sad reality of the economies of these countries we're talking about. They're, like, school teachers, doctors, construction workers. Like, they're busy at their nine to five the rest of the time sure. and then come together to play rugby. And you yeah. just, that's really hard to make that into the world winning team, you know? Yeah. Well, I also just looked back at the history of the event since 1987. There's only like six teams that have ever even been in the finals. Correct. Oh, really? It's England, yeah. Australia, France, New Zealand, South Africa, and Wales wow. once, I think. Right. You uh, named them. Uh, da, 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 da. No. It's literally five. France, England, New Zealand, okay. South Africa, Australia. Yep. That's, That's it. it. I think we need yep. to get a rugby podcast going on the network here for us. Uh, you've gotten me excited <laughs> about some a sport I've never even watched. And oh, you, you watch it for 15 minutes and you're going to be hooked. It's on Peacock, by the way. So for, if you're listening okay. to this, Brosners, it's $6 for a Peacock subscription. And they've got every game on there. So go go download the Peacock app. Throw on a rugby game. It's It's tremendous. It's probably free for a month or at least seven days too. So do it. Yeah, ex- probably. Um, uh, my money's my money's you've convinced me hundred bucks on South Africa to win two seventy five. Put it in do the it. books. 
Well, I, listen, I, I wish I, I convinced you two weeks ago when we first started talking and their odds were so much. Lower it was like 400. Yeah. I, I <laughs> didn't know that. I didn't know that. Um, yep. But uh, yeah. Anyway, it's good. I'd like to go, see go how go many box. Brosners, how many Brosners love rugby as much as Forrest. So if you're interested, comment down there <clears throat> who you think is going to win and why. Send us a you video. Just, I mean, if you get you excited, see the athleticism of these guys and like the the level, like some of these things, like when you when you bore, we won't do it on the pod, but just if you're listening to this and you got another ten minutes, just type in Foff de Clerk Giant Slayer and watch a guy who <laughs> who's five foot seven beat the shit out of like eight guys that are bigger than uh, Gronk or you know like some of the biggest guys in the NFL, and he's like five foot seven, one hundred and forty pounds, and he beats the Jesus out of these guys. And it's just, it's rugby is a game of all heart. Like, don't get me wrong. You have to be a great athlete, but it's all in your head and your heart. It doesn't exist anywhere else. If you're willing to, to do stupid things and give a hundred percent, like you watch these little fucking guys like Cheslin Colby or Faf de Klerk beat the shit out of guys that are five foot nine, seven foot, 300 pounds of raw muscle. And it's just because they're just, their screws are loose and they're just like, <laughs> let's go. They're just looking for it. It's phenomenal to watch. Well, if Forrest on Sunday, you decide you want to bet a little bit on South Africa's match against Romania and you want to bet on South Africa to beat Romania, your hundred dollar bet yeah. will pay you 10 cents. That is yeah, the actual exactly. math. Yeah. So imagine being Romania who it's your first time in the rugby world cup. And in your first pool play match, you have to face the number one world champion, South Africa. <laughs> How brutal is that? Yeah, it sounds there's something wrong there. You got to give just, those guys a chance. It's random. It's random draw, but it's just, it's pretty brutal to be in that. So position. wait, real, real <laughs> quick. How do the points work? Because you, if you want to just bet even money, you have to, on South Africa, you have to spot uh, Romania 69 points. Oh, uh, that's confusing. So the points work like this. I was just texting it to a buddy so that he understood it. Uh, here, I wrote it all out. Uh, so the point allocation in pool stages, four points are awarded for a win. Two points are awarded for a draw. A try bonus point is awarded to teams that score four or more tries in a match. So you get a bonus point. A try is a touchdown, by the way. So you get four, you get, uh, yeah, four or more tries and you get a bonus point. And a losing bonus point is awarded to teams that lose a match by seven or fewer points. So it's, it's pretty fucking complicated. Yeah. It's, okay. All I'm right. sure yeah. it works out though. Make to make it, the it game does. As it, it makes sense it when you're watching. That's that's exactly what it is. Just just watch yeah. a game. Like it's so much fun to I'm watch. You to. watch these big crazy athletes go 100 percent speed at each other for 80 minutes. There's no stopping down like in football. There's no pads or helmets. There was a clash in the uh, England Argentina game. Maybe Kyle can pull it up where these two guys go up to go for the ball and at full speed sprints from across the field, they both go up and just go head to head. And just Jesus. explode each other's heads. They both had like twelve oh stitches in their forehead. Don't, don't and this is in this is in like <laughs> minute two of the of the game. And you're just like, yeah, I'm in for it. Like it's so and they much just more exciting. Playing. Of course, yeah. yeah. And that's the difference between rugby and like anything else. They go off and they're just fucking wrapping tape around their head till they look like the you know one of those Middle Eastern things on their head. The turban. And then they're and then they're back on the field, you know. And that's it. Like just straight into it. Like. There's no way they're coming off the field on a game like that. It's just so much fun to watch. I'm sold. I'm going to watch. I'm going to bet. Uh, and, you know, that'll be it. I'll let you guys know what I do. I think we lost every Brosner. This is like an American-based podcast. There's like well, four do... people that like rugby, but I don't care. It's worth yeah. it. If they go are still it. listening, what should they say for us? What should they comment if they are still listening? Uh, go Bucky. Springboks.
G O B O K K E. Go Bucky. Go if you oh made it this far in the podcast. Oh wait, we usually do that after. You have to do the thing, and I'll say it. All right, do I'll the do the thing. thing. Yeah. So uh, you know, go to the Wild Times dot club. Wild Times dot club. I'm sorry. No the Wild Times dot club forward slash info for all the links. And don't forget, we do six podcasts a month. Two of them are public for your viewing enjoyment, all free. Uh, the other four bonus pods. You go to Spotify. You sign up. You get everything ad free, uh, and you get six podcasts a month on Spotify. Just just go do it. It's great. We we talk a lot of shit. We swear. It gets pretty uh, just down, raw, visceral. We swear. As a people hate it when point. I say it, but it's the Cinemax of podcasts. F who you hates don't it? like it. Nobody. I don't hates know. It. Somebody's bullshit. somebody literally keeps commenting. Take that out because it's in our like midway ad. No, don't, don't say the Cinemax of podcasts. It's so lame. You're such a douchebag, Tim. I know. Nice. I know. I am. Thank you. Good night, everybody. Wildtimes.club forward slash info. Go Bucky. Let's go. Go Bucky. Good night. <laughs>